Welcome to the Circumference Podcast. This podcast is now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. So feel free to follow me there if you want to just see where this adventure and journey goes. It would be greatly appreciated. I hope you're all doing well today. I'm going to start with a with a general little life update that I'm now working as a special needs teaching assistant, which is a very good position for me to be in alongside of my psychology studies. So this is good. This is very good news. Life's going in the right direction. Direction. So uh, thank you very much. Without further ado, this episode is called Social Media, the battle for our attention. It's going to be focusing solely on social media and why we're so hooked, addicted, we can't get off it. Here we go. Okay, where do we begin? I ran an Instagram and Twitter poll a few days before recording this podcast asking people whether they saw social media in general as being good or bad and why. And the people that liked it gave responses saying it spreads positivity. um, It's a space of opportunity for small and for small arts and um, it's a place for discovery of the new, which I think these are very valid points. But then something that shocked me was the onslaught of negativity. Now you could argue that, oh, it's easier to pick out the negatives. I get that, that's fine. But there was an absolute bombardment of negativity compared to the positives. And people were saying that you're measuring your success, sorry, you measure your success against the things that you see online. You're constantly bombarded with consumer advertising for clothes, shoes, and holidays. You only ever see the best of people's lives and not their day-to-day struggles. Um, it, it actually reduces connectivity between people and it encourages competition in looks and lives. Out of 100 people that participated in this toll, this poll, sorry, the results came back at 12% positive and... negative. That's pretty much everyone saying that overall social media is negative, which is kind of surprising because we spend so much time on them. We literally dedicate hours and hours of our lives just staring at a screen and scrolling away. So if, if overall people dislike social media more than they like it, I actually want to look at why that's the case. I want to discuss why it's so inherently addictive and how it feeds off our attention and why it does this. So for a little moment, I actually want to talk about how it's, I would argue, addictive and not in the sense of alcohol addiction or drug addiction, but more of a behavioral addiction, which the name is in the title. It relates to our behavior. So I just want to give you a a brief description of a behavioral addiction. So a behavior is addictive only if the reward it brings now are eventually outweighed by the damaging consequences. These do not involve eating, drinking, injecting or smoking substances. 
and they arise when a person can't resist a behaviour which, despite addressing a deep psychological need in the short term, produces significant harm in the long term. Now, that may seem a little extreme. We don't know what the long-term effects are of social media. But I have to say that if my phone is on the desk and I and I kind of know it's there, the amount of times I pick it up in the day, I'm just reaching for it without even thinking about it. It's, it's almost like a compulsion or, uh, I don't know, a subconscious obsession and although that we don't know what the long-term damaging consequences are research has shown that instagram leads or has led to increased feelings of depression anxiety poor body image and loneliness and across the globe in 2019 the average user spent two hours and 22 minutes a day just scrolling through their social media feed so over a year that adds up to 35 days spent solely on social media. That's crazy. So f- from my, my own sample, why is this the case? If people don't particularly see social media as something good, why do we spend so much time on it? Now, before I go into this, I just want to point out that Steve Jobs would not let his children use an iPad in 2010 Evan Williams, the founder of Twitter, bought hundreds of books for his sons, but would not buy them an iPad. Now, to me, that sort of looks like the cardinal rule of drug dealing. Never get high on your own supply. So I wonder, why is it that social media wants our attention? And why is it so addictive? And the argument that I would suggest is that it's made to be that way. Why is it that these social companies want to maximize our attention? Well, we're going to kind of veer away from the psychology here, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the way that the tech industry works on this. So Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have a market value. They have a stock price. Now you can ask, what is this tied to? And then I will ask you, well, have you paid for anything on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? And your response probably will be, probably not. So what is it that they they make money from? And the answer is, it's our attention. Our attention is the product that is sold to the advertiser. There is a motivation to keep people on these apps for as long as possible, to keep them hooked like a drug dealer. The more that these companies know about you and the more time that you spend on there and the more active users they have and the more advertising there is, the more money that these companies get. And that's more data being mined so that it's easier to do this in the long run and it's easier to keep hooked regardless of whether they're happy on these apps or not. Behind the scenes, there's probably 100 plus engineers that know exactly how your psychology works. They know that when a they know when dopamine is going to be released upon viewing content, whether that's you looking at your friends' pictures or videos of cats or cars, money, I don't know anything. In effect, the time that you spend scrolling through your feed, an algorithm and engineers know more about you than yourself. The amount of time you stop to look at something, the amount of time you hover over something, the things that you like, it collates all this information and it will just feed you more and more of what you want. And we saw this actually, how how it knows more about your psychological models your psychological personality in in the Cambridge Analytica League, which managed to use psychological models through Facebook users to try and manipulate how they voted in the US elections and Brexit. 
um, that being voting for Donald Trump and to vote leave on the Brexit campaign, which it's it's absolutely amazing and shocking at the same time. And this is the way that the products keep people hooked and addicted. They know what you like, when you like, and how to feed it to you. Attention is a finite environment that we pull from and put back into. And all of these apps are after maximum human attention, as much as they can possibly get. Now, something that um, it's been noted that these apps have done in order to keep you on there for longer is the removal of um, the removal of a stopping queue. So if you look at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, it's practically impossible to reach the end of your feed. Imagine you're in imagine you're eating a bag of crisps, let's say quavers for example, and I don't know why quavers. Anyway, you're eating them and you eat them, you're getting your way through them, you get to the bottom, bam. That's the stopping cue there. You have to stop and you have to think, right, do I want more of these? Or should I just leave them? It's probably time to stop. Yeah, I don't need any more. I'm going to get fat if I keep munching down on quavers. So once you make the bag of quavers infinite, you rip the bottom off the bag and it never ends. The person eating the quavers is less likely to reach that moment where the stopping cue comes into play and they ask themselves, do I want any more of this or should I go and do something else? They're more likely just to keep eating and eating and eating and eating. And it's a very similar effect to going to the casino and playing the slot machine. Um, it, I mean, it's it's a social media slot machine in theory. You're, you're, pu you're pulling your thumb onto the screen and dragging down and it's exactly the same as pressing the button or pulling the lever on the slot machine um, and you're just waiting to see whether you get that gratification and that reward and that's why I'd argue it's slightly addictive because we're looking back for that oh I could find something really interesting here that's going to uh, it's going to make me feel good it's going to distract me for a little bit and so as a result it's just so easy to get sucked in and you end up scrolling for longer than you than you than you think you're doing and than you actually like because this is exactly where the system's gamed. Endless scrolling with the opportunity or the chance of winning that gamble and getting something that's going to make you feel good. Now, another thing as well is the, the way that these things are aimed at different people and how it works, like social and self-valuation or validation through likes on Facebook and Instagram. And these apps sort of, they decide when to notify you on whether anyone's been interacting with you. So say if you get a lot of likes on one picture at one point, um, Instagram will delay letting you know that someone has liked, th liked this picture so that it can tell you a little bit later to get you back into the app, essentially to bring you back, to get you scrolling, to get you lost, to not have control over your attention and just be scrolling away. I think you should ask yourself as well when you've been scrolling through Instagram at some times, can I actually remember nearly any of what I just looked at? Because I know if I were to answer that question, I'd say no. And I'm just as guilty of scrolling through these things. Like It happens to me all the time. And one thing that really feels good is that social validation from likes. Um, I mean, if you look back to caveman times, and think of how much social validation you would have got back then. 
essentially next to nothing. You were out with your tribe and you probably didn't say, oh, great, I like that, I love that. Oh, is that a new is that a new bear hide? Love that, like, like, like. You wouldn't get it as much. So now we live in this sort of reality where it's a, a hyper-normalized, continuous hit of validation that feels good. And that's one thing that's essentially going to make us addicted and bring us back because it feels good. And every time we reach onto our phone and we open it, it feels good. And another thing that does draw us onto social media is the social aspe aspect of it, where we see our friends out taking pictures together, having a great time, and that draws you back onto it. But the problem is, is when you're not there, and then it starts to have a negative effect, and you're like, oh, I wish I was there. Looks like that reality that they're living is better than the, better than the situation that I'm in right now. And that takes its toll on people. The more and more that happens, it continues to, to make you feel worse. Um, it's practically just people showing photo after photo of themselves living a better life or on YouTube showing a better life, showing their money. And that has an effect. And that's a totally new experience for, for you know, however many people are active on, on social media, two billion human animals. Um, it's a completely new human experience. And to top it off, you are fed a perfectly curated um, feed. And if we spend our time liking pictures of famous nobodies, really, who, you know, share their slim, slender lives on a beach in Bali or California or Skegness, we're going to be fed a lot more of what we've liked and, you know, what we've hovered over. Um, and that's just not good for our health, really. If we spend time liking pictures of clothes, houses, holidays, trips, we're just going to be bombarded of how our lives could be better than it currently is. Now, that is just unbelievably unhealthy for us. It really is. Um, to see these things and to get lost in them is just not good for your brain. You start to think, oh, that looks like a normal life. Someone spending their life on the beach, drinking margaritas, driving around in a Mercedes G-Wagon. It's just like... That's not the way that it works, but it's going to make you feel um, a lack inside of you and you will want to get this un un unreal, unbelievable, unachievable lifestyle. My friend Steph said a, a great quote, which I, I really like. And she said, grass is always greener when really it's probably artificial grass glued onto a dead terrain, which is a very good quote. And this is something that we should bear in mind when we're sucked into the social media company's attention economy, essentially. What you see on the internet is not how it is. So when you're endlessly being fed it, you really need to try and... We really need to try and find a way to take a step back from this. Now, how to disconnect is probably another episode in itself, which I'll do in the future. But how that it makes you feel is not how you are if you don't feel worthy after looking at how great someone else's life is that's not how you should value yourself at all and so finally i'm gonna do a little bit of self-confession here on average over the last seven days i've picked up my phone 111 times a day i don't know how long i've unintentionally ended up scrolling on my phone after these these quick checks but my question to you is is the 111 times of checking your phone a day, is it a conscious, mindful, deliberative choice? 
or is it a reaction to some sort of subtle anxiety like you know you are in an un- uncomfortable position so you just grab your phone you know use your standing next to someone on the tube grab your phone or is it more of a compulsion more of a dare i say it addiction i think this is a good place to uh, to hit the hay to wrap up so thanks for listening um it's always a pleasure love doing this the more and more that you listen great fantastic and please if you haven't already leave me a review on apple Podcasts and subscribe this is also on spotify as well so feel free to follow me there and it's now on YouTube as well, which I would love it if you could uh, subscribe. Be brilliant. Um, and share it to who, whomever you think it's good to go to. Thank you very much. Bye.